If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to this podcast. Today in the studio with me today, I have a very, very special friend, a very special person, Althea von Weyck, and her story is, is incredible. I'm not going to steal the floor. I want Althea to share her story and we're going to have an amazing discussion now. So stay tuned for something incredible. Althea, thank you for joining me today. We're here in Namibia with you. I've just done a conference that Althea put together called the Love and Laughter Conference in Namibia. It's the second time I've been here, the second conference I've done with you and your brother Norbert. And it's been so powerful. It's been so exciting. And you actually started the conference last night by giving your testimony and and you did that the last time as well. You have such an amazing story. Would you mind just introducing yourself to the listeners and then just sharing your story right from the beginning with the listeners? Hi, thank you very much, Dr. Leaf. It's also a great pleasure for me to always see you and be with you. My name is Althea van Weyck. Um, I am 36 years old, uh, which is a miracle because when I was born, my lifespan was predicted to be very short. Yes, I was born uh, after my mom had a hysterectomy. I was born. The miracle started there already. At the age of, of three months, then they started to realize, but maybe there are some things that are wrong with me. And at that time and moment, it was realized that I have severe kyphosis and scoliosis. Additionally to that, uh, it, I have a dislocated a hip joint uh, of which the socket actually stands out, which means that the bone is showing outside the hip, uh, as well as my right eye. The muscle is very weak and it absolutely had no sight. So, yes, that was what I was born with. Can you just explain to the listeners what exactly what you exactly what that means, what that medical condition means? As a result of that, it inter- interfered with my growth. Uh, at this time and moment, I am the, the length of a seven year old. And yes, of course. With some other, other, how will I say now, complications sort of, like yeah. my energy levels, as well as the amount of food I eat. So some of my lifestyle is definitely impacted, impacted. still today uh, because of the size. Mm. That's it. So it's you, so you, the size literally of a seven-year-old child. So if you can, so with all the medical conditions, you, they predicted a short lifespan. You're 36 years old. They also, you also, Althea has a master's degree in psychology, and this is a major achievement. I mean, she's brilliant, but you, you. Tell, tell the story about the, the fact that they didn't actually even want to accept you into your master's. Even in your first degree, did you, and during school, what, because of your size and because of your medical condition, how have people treated you and how have you managed that? Yes. Dr. Liv, one great thing is that, especially with my mom, she refused that I would live a dysfunctional life. So I went to a normal school. I went to the, what normal children Obviously, there was a lot of difficulties because as I grow, grew older, the textbooks became more. So, yes, but you had to people, carry these textbooks around. I had to carry them all around. But the Lord have graced me 
with a lot of nice people around me. And that was all great. And as a child, I never experienced, I never realized, if I may say, that something was wrong with me because of the love and the care my family gave me. But when I turned and I became a, a, a teenager, it, it dawned on me. And as I always say, it, I lived in this bubble of love and then the search for identity, my own identity was like a needle pun that just bursted it. And with that wow. bursting, it was, it was horrific because here for 14 years, you live, you grew up in this wow. and all of a sudden realize, but I am not normal. And looking back at that right mm-hmm. now, it is what society was saying. Dictating. Right. So yes. society was dictating you were normal, but what is normal? Yeah. Yes. But, but you suddenly realized yes. that you, but up until that time, the love of your family and your friends and the teachers in the school, you actually felt like one of the other kids. Yeah. And then that time, that point came in your life at 12, where suddenly you realized that you were normal according to the, what the world was dictating. Yeah. And, and I need to add there, Dr. Leave, that especially by the time I realized I, it was not, I was not normal. I found it a lot that people would started to look, or I noticed people look at me. Uh, my mom always told me the story that as a child, innocently, I would say, are they teasing me or are they liking me if they look at me? But as a child, I never understood. But when I got up, the look at, of people whenever I go somewhere, and especially, I mean, you get insensitive people. Yes. It is people cannot make sense. And especially when I became older, am I a big person? Am I a small person? Yeah. And that for my school years, that started at the age of, of, of 14, that I started wow. to struggle with all of that. I never went somewhere because that thing started to haunt me. I don't want to be looked at. And then going to university, I, I always had a desire to help people. That was in me. But I, I, I guess it was because of the emotions I experienced. But please allow me to share that, that I had that struggle for three years, definitely suicidal, uh, a lot of other rebellion. I started to question God mm. because it was said to me and explained to me that this particular medical condition was a few in the world of its kind. And there was no cause of it. It just Gosh, It's it, hard to swallow, isn't it? It's hard to get a, a diagnosis like that. And then it brought me to the conclusion, but God made me like this. And how could he? Why me? Why not the other person? <laughs> and, and, and I could not put the connection. If God loves me, why would he do something like that? But, and then I studied psychology. At first, the university didn't want to allow me to study that. I was called in for an interview because they needed, they wanted to assess and see if, 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 why do I want it? They were, they were questioning my motive for it. So, so that's just, if I, sorry to interrupt you, but if I may just say that here they were, you wanted to just go and gain knowledge. But they were questioning that and doubting whether they'd let you in simply because of your size and your medical condition. I mean, that is just not, that is just not the, the way to do it. I mean, that's, that's quite a shock to hear that. Definitely. And I think that is many times the mistake that we do, that, in, that we judge people mm. based on how they look. And, and like you always say, hear the story. And you've put so much emphasis on that 
We look just at the physical or two or three symptoms and then we want to put a label. Exactly. <laughs> and then that limits people and our identity goes, doesn't it? I mean, you exactly. said that affected your identity. Big time. Until I had my divine encounter, um, my, my struggle stopped that night. That night I went to, to church. The preacher were preaching on, do you want the gift or the giver? And the message just touched me so much. But at that time and moment, I didn't realize actually the mental processing that went through. Um, but yes, I was, I was very touched by the, by the message. And then it went a bit further. Obviously, after service, uh, they call people for, for healing. And as usual, we, I always went for prayer because, I mean, we believe, my parents believe in miracles. I also believe in miracles. And I mean, I wanted the miracle mm -hmm. because it's obvious I need to be big. <laughs> If there's no other thing, I didn't even understood the, uh, the back Uh, what was really wrong oh, and all of that. Mean. All that I knew is that I must grow taller. That was it. But nonetheless, I, and my mom said to me, Althea, are you going? And I, at, at, in, in an instant, I just thought to myself, I'm so tired of this, you know? And immediately the Holy Spirit just dropped and said to me, but you're not sick. And then I, then for a second I stood and then I realized, but I am not sick. I am short and I want peace, I love but that. I am not sick. Dr. Leave immediately wow. at that time and moment, I said, Lord, I receive the Prince of Peace. I receive your love is you promise it, not my terms, because according to me, love would be if the Lord changed me, if the Lord healed me, if I grow taller. And, and, and immediately, I promise you, I had a divine encounter. I received the peace. I received wow, the incredible. love of Christ. Then the day when I went out of the church, I was a different person. I love what you've just said, how you said that you, you're not sick. You, you know, that was a complete reconceptualization. You've heard me talk about that term a lot. And just taking this to the mind exercise, just to help people that are listening. You know, what you've done, Elsia, is something very powerful. You took a situation and you sought in a different way. You reconceptualized. So instead of begging God to make you tall, because you needed healing, you actually said, but you're not sick. You saw it from a different point of view. And you said something as well the other night about how you looked in the mirror and you said, you're beautiful, how you are. You, you, so you finally accepted that this is who you are. Would you say at that point, was that when you accepted it, when you reconceptualized how you saw yourself? Literally, Dr. Leave, from a point of not being able to stand in a mirror, getting myself dressed, not looking in the mirror, avoiding the mirror, or putting, looking at myself to looking at myself and thinking, wow, wonderfully, fearfully made, uniquely made immediately. And nothing That's changed. Incredible. I didn't change. I did not grow an inch taller. <laughs> But you saw yourself differently. Absolutely. You conceptualized yeah. how you saw yourself and yeah. you'd push through. Yeah. Uh, that, that's just incredible. Yeah. I want to ask you about when you were at university and they, they didn't want to let you in. How did you convince them? What did you do that convinced them that you were, should be studying psychology? Because you now have a master's in psychology and yeah. you have your own clinical practice <laughs> and you organize conferences and you, you mix with government. You have big plans to change your country, your nation. You know, you've really done extremely well in your career. Uh, Dr. Leaf, uh, when I started university was after this divine encounter. So one of the key things was they did not understand actually why 
why am I at peace with myself? Mm, so that's incredible. The, yeah, they said the thought it was displacement or I was just faking it and stuff like that. My goodness. Because they had a problem with me. So they I didn't a, have any more. I love <laughs> they had the problem. So they were trying to label you and make make it out that you had some kind of issue. As you say, displacement or you didn't understand your you didn't understand yourself or you were you know faking it or whatever. That's but meanwhile they're the ones that had the problem because you look differently and here they're supposed to be a institute of higher learning where they're able to think, you would think that they would think beyond the physical. So you, what did you do? Did and you those were, 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 were lecturers that, are, that have doctorates. But after the interview and they met me, uh, I believe the Spirit of God just convicted them and convinced the reality of it. But you obviously said things that convinced them too, because you just yeah. have to have a conversation with you and it's just, you know, your, your insight into humanity is, is profound. You know, your desire to help people. And that's obviously what they picked up as well. I believe so, Dr. Lee. So they learned a lesson that day. There was a big lesson that they learned. Yeah, but I will promise you, they they stayed skeptical at least for the f- first two years un- until they got rested in that. <laughs> I don't know how, <laughs> but Gosh. yes, I think they waited. They waited to see another side. And to their surprise, there was no other side. I was fine. It's amazing. I was fine. And you finished and went on to get your master's. And as yes. I said, you now have a clinical practice. And tell, just, tell, just tell the listeners what else you do. What do you do now? What is your day? What is your life? Okay. Uh, I work quite a lot with prenatal and postnatal uh, depression uh, because I believe, especially in our country, that a lot of women suffer from that, but they are scared to say it. Mm, and so it's true. not even recognized as a reality. Mm-hmm. And obviously also to say, but I'm having all of the symptoms. I'm scared to take care of the baby or I'm feeling, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm capable Elsia, you also mentioned with, in working with the postnatal depression that a lot of medical doctors come to you that have given birth. Um, and they, you, you, could you just talk about that? Yes, Dr. Leaf. And that is, I mean, the medical doctor are aware of this type of experience that one can get uh, when being pregnant or after birth. And they don't deal with it. As I mentioned before, one of the critical things, in my opinion, and my experience now is that people are shy about it. And that makes them to suffer even more because what, that type of depression and any other depression, Absolutely. you need to speak about it. Exactly. You need to get help. And that's what you're doing in your practice with your patients is getting them to talk about it and express their feelings. And you're finding that's, that, that expression of feelings is helping. Definitely. And obviously advising your detoxing. Oh, that's <laughs> great. Getting them to detox because there are so many, when it comes to postnatal depression, there are so many issues from the past that are, that are undealt with and that can, when having giving birth and all the hormones, so much from the past can surface when you are a pregnant pre and postnatal. So now we're buying from the subject, but I mean, it's fantastic that you are working with this kind of very, very important thing. So that's amazing. And what else are you involved in? I'm also running an NGO where we help. We have the system in our schools that at a grade 10, that we have national examination. And if the student don't achieve a certain mark, they can, cannot continue to grade 12. Then they fall out of the system. Now, I have a school that provides service and training for those students to help them in vocational training to build skill in them. Our school particularly put focus on office administration to help them to become a receptionist or secretary and just get in the flow of tertiary, but also being able to go work and then work themselves up. 
That's fantastic. So you're really reaching out and helping so many people. And would you say that in so in, it's interesting you've been through, because this is a discussion you and I've had off the air, that you've been through so much and that you've experienced those emotions and you even said it, depression, even suicidal thoughts. You had a whole lot of emotions that you went through as a young, as a young girl from between the ages of 12, 13, 14, 15, and you used to write that down. And so, and yet, and yeah, you now are in a, so you've, your experience, you've turned it around and now you help others, which is so powerful. Can you talk a little bit about that? Definitely, Dr. Leaf. I believe it cannot be wasted because also you know what it feels like. And now that I know, but I don't have to stay at that place. I know the better side of it. I know at that time and moment when I went through my struggle, the greatest desire was freedom and peace and rest. Wonderful. And that is my drive to share that with people because it's possible. The greatest desire is freedom and peace. That's what you wanted. So now you've taken your pain and your experiences, and that's what you help people find is freedom and peace. You know, there's research, Althea, that I, that I, I think you, uh, I spoke about it this weekend, where when people reach out and help others in the, even in their state of distress, that it increases their own healing by a factor of 68%. Would you say that that was a part of your healing too? Still is, Dr. Leaf. Not that I'm, that I'm experiencing any severe things. But having that lifestyle, I think, is a prevention even. (laughs) I love that. Having a lifestyle of serving others and helping others is a prevention. Because we're all going through stuff. We're all a little bit crazy. We're all making wrong decisions. And it's in life and and we need to learn to make, you know, step back into our good decision-making ability. So you've made that a lifestyle for yourself and helping others has really helped you as well. Definitely. And obviously having my foundation and my relationship with the person Jesus mm-hmm. and how beautifully you explained it that the source of love staying connected to Jesus Christ bottom line irrespective of any other thing and looking at the life of Christ he said that he came to set the captives free to heal the broken hearted mm-hmm. uh, so that is definitely the foundation and Dr. Lee for me especially is that that was a great thing for me. The thing that I wanted, I perceived freedom, healing, peace should happen, will happen in a certain way. And I think that is one of the greatest deceits, deceives in life and perception that one can have. You need to be open because you, don't, you, you want the peace and the freedom. Don't package it. Don't give it, gave it a structure. Well, Search that, that for the peace and the freedom. And it is in Jesus Christ anyway. And that, let him package it. <laughs> exactly. That is excellent. What you're saying is that we have a perception of how we believe our life should look or our healing should look. But when we're in love, there's a multitude of possibilities and potential ways that this, this change or this reconceptualization of our lives can exist. And it's not, sometimes it's not exactly like you want to be told that was your solution in life, but there was another solution for you. And you want to, you're saying to keep open-minded about the fact that there may be multitude of, a multitude of other options and potentials for what that looks like and not to be deceived by only expecting one. That, that's just to say that again. That, in fact, we, we, we've come to, a, to the end of the podcast and I, and I was wondering if you would just give us some closing pearls of wisdom. And I think what you've said there, and please add anything else you feel free that you'd like, feel free to say anything else you feel that would help the listeners. But maybe just say that again and add whatever. What comes to mind to me as you were speaking, Dr. Leaf, um, I think and realize that at the age of, of three years old, my mom made peace with my condition. 
which means there she reconceptualized already. And she modeled it actually for me. When I was old enough, I realized the example was set for me because thinking of parents that have children that that are struggling, that that have been born with a disformity, I would really encourage them to reconceptualize. And maybe maybe I had I had recently a patient, um, a young girl, 21 years old, in fact, two weeks before she turned 21, that got raped. And for her, her life was shattered. And I mean, it is, it's a worst, it's a, it's a very bad experience. Mm. But I mean, sometimes things happen. Obviously, we want no one that that should happen to. Mm-hmm. But there is the choice. What am I going to do? Am I going to just worsen my life now? Or am I going to take control now of my life? and reconceptualize mm-hmm. uh, and, and love and not stuck there and throw my life away. And I think for all of us, it happens in, in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Lee, what I always say that for me, people might see it on the outside. But what about those that carry it on the inside of them? Mm-hmm. They can hide Absolutely. it. So I would encourage people. And it doesn't work to hide it. I mean, we know that the thoughts are real things. And if you suppress a thought, it doesn't make it go away. And thoughts will explode volcanic mode somewhere down the line, physically in your body, in your mind, with anxiety, depression, or whatever it may be. And so we have to deal with our stuff. We have to deal with those things. And the nice thing is that once you do that, you can become better. You can improve. You can you find can. that freedom and find that peace. Yes. And it's not all sunshine and roses. It's a continual oh, yes. process, isn't it? Yes, definitely. I, I must tell you, obviously, there were times, especially uh, after I had my divine encounter, that one or two times I was tempted, but immediately. Mm. And I didn't even know about. Obviously, I know the scripture. Yeah. But like you also explain it nicely that, that how we have control over our thought life. I did not feed that thought because I had a, I had a taste of being free. So I said, I'm not going back there. Oh, wow. So I you had not. a taste of being free. Yeah. You, you weren't going to go back to, you weren't going to go back to that point where you were stuck. You weren't free and where you were bound up almost in bitterness and anger and frustration. And it wasn't healing your situation. It was making it worse. And then you had the taste of freedom and you chose not to go back. And, what, and we, we can choose to feed the negative energy or feed the healthy energy. That's fantastic. Do you have any closing statements that you'd like or pearls of wisdom? You've just been dropping pearls of wisdom throughout, but <laughs> anything else that you'd like to add? I would really encourage people uh, to really, like Dr. Leaf say, yes, sometimes it is, not sometimes, it is hard, but it's also easy because the easy part, it's, it's a decision. And that decision mm. is in a second, you make up your mind, enough is enough. I'm going to reconceptualize. I'm going to see how I'm getting out of this, as starting in your mind and in your heart. And, and mm-hmm. I became so comfortable, Dr. Lee. Mm-hmm. Really, for me, still today, you know, I, I can't really explain it. The piece is just awesome. The piece is just awesome. Sometimes I need to remind myself I'm small. <laughs> That's incredible. So you've activated what is naturally wired. We're wired for love. We're wired for peace and for gratitude and patience and love and all these things. And you've actually stepped into that zone and you have to remind yourself that you're short. I mean, that's fantastic. That is just beautiful. Everything you said is brilliant. Pearls of wisdom. And I know all of us have benefited. I know I've benefited from this. And I look forward to interviewing you again. I look forward to working with you. We have great plans to work together in the Namibia yes. and in education and mental health. 
right from the top government levels all the way down to, to change this incredible nation that you live in. Thank you for what you do and continue to do it because the people you're helping really need you. Thank you, Dr. Leaf, also for allowing me to speak. I appreciate it. It's been an honor. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you for joining me today. This is Dr. Caroline Leaf. We've been speaking to Elsia von Weg, incredible woman, and we definitely will have her back as a guest soon. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Caroline Leaf. <laughs>